Should you bring it up or should I? Br- I'm just gonna listen to Paul and I'll go on tangents. That's what I'm here. That's what I need you here for. Yeah, I'll go on tangents. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a buzzer for that. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Let's do that. Welcome back to Tipsy Theology. <laughs> I've got three, two strapping boys. I was calling myself one. You're a strapping boy. Thank you. He's <laughs> <laughs> sitting here next to me. To the to the right of me is uh, a young man by the name of Thomas. He's my brother. Yes. We've had you on here before. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, nice to be back. Pull I, the I, mic a little closer. Oh, it's nice to be back, but I, I will say... Um, uh, you know, a lot of people will ask, like, are we actually brothers? Yeah. And it, it's it's a yes. And, and I know there are not all siblings share um, parents, but um, yeah. But but sometimes or they it might share like a parent, like their mom is the same, but a different dad. True. But our moms are the same. Yeah, and so are our dads. Correct. And there's only one of each. That's right. So, <laughs> so we're one set. What, what, what? <laughs> this mix up. So it's, it's the real deal. And then uh, to the left of me, I've got old Russell. You know, and uh, I get some of the same questions. Are we brothers? Yeah. Is one of them. That's true. I feel like we could pass as brothers. You guys could pass quicker than I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's actually funny. So this is your first time on the podcast. It is. But your wife has been on the podcast before. That's true. So we're going to talk about um, sex slavery. Oh, okay. No. The follow-up. I, I, feel, pr- I, I feel very uncomfortable. I, I think I, I think I'm done. That, I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. That's not I don't want to talk about that. Well, today it's Christmas. That that's when we're posting this, which is tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, this is. Yeah, you suckered me in. Here I, I am. Um, and here we go. And you know what? It's Christmas. This is the time of year where we defrost Mar- Mariah Carey. And all of the redditors come out, scratching their neck beards, saying, "Christmas is a pagan holiday." <laughs> it's probably other people too, but you know, a lot. Everyone is like, "Oh, Christmas is pagan." And you know what I say to that? I say it's hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say, "Bombug." And is that just because of like how uh, how it's what it's become in our society that you're like it's 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 all hogwash? Well, no, I mean the tying it to like Christmas used to be, it's like taken from pagan roots or it used to be pagan. So you're saying it's not? I'm saying it's not. So does that mean the movie I just watched last night? Oh, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, so like <laughs> the, it had Viking origins. Yeah. At and least in the movie I saw. Some people say that. Some people are over here like, oh, Santa Claus is actually Odin or he's based on Odin. I'm like, come on. <laughs> no, but I don't. Uh, it sounds funny, but like, how do we know it's not true? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> and you know what? Before we jump into all of that, talking about the big old fat man himself, Santa Claus, we're gonna have a drink. Okay. But today, I thought we would do it a little bit different because since you know. You know, we're talking about um, Christmas, we're talking about Santa Claus, and Santa Claus was a poster child for Coca-Cola. That's true. And so I was like, let's drink some Coca-Cola. 
And actually, so I have a little special treat. I've got two kinds with me. I was able to score, it was only two bottles of Mexican Coke. <laughs> and you know what I have next to it? And a lot more of it. <laughs> jingle jangle. <laughs> <laughs> is American Coke. Okay. All and right. the first thing that I noticed is the Mexican Coke, the bottles are just better. I mean, they're bigger. They're more slender. They're more ah. pers- This looks like a little pug dog. <laughs> like someone stepped on it. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's like a, what people think it should look like. Yeah. This is what I think of when I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, which one do you guys want to try first? We're going to dive into this. Murica. Murica. We got to go with the good stuff. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Murica. <laughs> hey, why are you in that r- made in China, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> The ingredients taste better in these ones. Hey, I actually, I've, I've heard that, but maybe we can disprove that today. I think we got to test yes. it out because this one is um, cane sugar. That's mm-hmm. true. And those ones are high fructose corn syrup. Oh, they're the good stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my America. <laughs> but, you know, this it wouldn't be tipsy theology if we weren't getting a little tipsy. That's true. And so what goes well with Coca-Cola well, it's my good friend, Jack Daniels. <laughs> Uncle Jack. <laughs> Uncle Jack. Home for the holidays. <laughs> and gets me through the holidays. <laughs> well, hey, while we're getting this ready, I actually have a question for... Well, let me pop that open for you while, oh, okay. you're, while you're asking your well, question. Well, so, Russell, did you um, believe in Santa Claus growing up? You know, that's a interesting question because there was a bit of yes and no. So, I think the environment told me no but my little child heart wanted it to be yes for a few years there. <laughs> so, like, oh, what was quick, the so moment? How this is going to work is drink a little bit, like, down to here. Drink, like, down to there, and we're filling it up with Jack Daniels. Got it. Got That's it. That's we're doing it. So, Russell, what was the moment that you were like, okay, I, 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 there has to be one or the other. Like, what was that moment, defining moment you're like, okay, Santa isn't real? Well, let me tell you a story. We're going to back this up a little bit till like I was five, maybe six years old. Mm -hmm. And I lived in a country where we didn't have a fireplace or a chimney. Mm. (laughs) And how could Santa deliver presents if there wasn't a chimney? So one day I decided I'm going to solve this. And I stayed up really late and I listened (laughs) for the sounds of Santa on on the roof and coming down the chimney where we had this kind of fake fireplace. Mm-hmm. And then I realized the only sounds that I was hearing were the footsteps of my own parents. Oh, no. And at that moment, I realized Dash. it's all a sham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your hopes and dreams. You've did been you, had. Did you ever believe in Santa? You know, I, I don't really... I have to ask my, our parents, but basically I remember being a kid not believing my dad when he's like, no, I see the tracks, you see? And we'd even have like our, our I know, now know it was our uncle would come over dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah. And uh, he would be like, oh, how's Ooh. it going? You guys had the deep state representing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, right, that's right, that's <laughs> right. And um, I remember looking at my dad one night after he was like really trying to sell the Santa thing hard. And I was just like, you know, dad, I, I, I really like the truth. And I don't really think that's what I'm getting oh, here shoot. tonight. <laughs> For any of you audio listeners, I got a little happy with the filling. <laughs> we got a little more Jack and a little less Coke. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, so, uh, you know, 
I always had a skepticism about my uh, my thoughts on Santa. So, oh man, I can't win this one. I think there's not enough air. I think you're just too this. excited. I think you had too much pop. I think you had too much pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, well. So for me, I never believed in Santa from what I can remember because it just didn't make sense. Yeah, but it's magic. And I was like, it doesn't add up. But you can explain it with magic. <laughs> you True. just gotta believe. I just that was my that was my problem. <laughs> <laughs> All this time, Sam's just shaking his head. He's like, do you, wanna, do you want me to fill that up? For yeah, me? let's top that up. I might get a little Jack Daniels heavy on the top. So I, uh, but all that to say ahead. is, I because I did the same thing as you, Russell. I was like, you know what? I don't believe in this, but I need to verify. Paul, your shoe is soaked. Yeah, I'm thinking about drinking it a little bit later. <laughs> It's not pouring well. The no, funnel it's really, really isn't working. Do you want to hold it up a little bit? There we go. A little tag because there's no air. That's what it is, yeah. That's this, what I'm looking for. This is going to be crazy. <laughs> I think it's going to be all Jack Daniels on top. Here, I'll, I'll hold yours too. Oh, I already filled mine up. Oh. Thank you. Uh, um, oh. Yeah, my shoe is a little, a little boozy. Um, yeah, so I don't, as far as I can remember, I never believed in it. And uh, I stayed up late one night to see like what it was, and yeah, it was just my parents. I think it's just straight Jack Daniels. On the oh top. my gosh! My man's struggling a bit. We're gonna party. It tastes better the more you get into it. <laughs> yeah, oh, you won't un- even care what it tastes. Uncle like. Jack, no. you haven't failed me yet. <laughs> Uncle Jack, you just gotta warm up to him. <laughs> yeah. you, know, like, you don't see your friend for like a few years, and you gotta like warm up into being friends. That's, again. that's right. It's like, uh, can we? Will we? Have we? <laughs> yeah, will they? Will they? Won't they? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> have we? What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, much like this drink, well, Jack Daniels, Jack and Coke, has been a favorite go-to for many drinkers for decades, Santa has also been a favorite pastime for many. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of history, and confusing history at that, and uh, that's involved around Christmas and its traditions. And so, why are we drinking Jack and Coke today? Well, because in 1931... Coca-Cola commissioned illustrator Haddon Sunblom, what mm. a name, what a name, <laughs> to paint Santa for Christmas advertisements. Those paintings helped to establish Santa as a warm, happy character with human features, including rosy cheeks, a white beard, twinkling eyes, and laughter lines. So pause, did he, was he not technically human prior? That's a good question. So um, it depends on what culture you go to. Really? And so we're going to get into some of the history okay, of okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and it's kind of a very interesting. I might I might just read this off to you guys, the historical side of it, because it's very very interesting. Um, so Sunblom drew inspiration from an 1822 poem by Clement Clark Moore called "Twas a Night Before Christmas," oh. or if you want to be like one of those fancy lads, uh, it was called "A Visit from Saint Nicholas," commonly known as "Twas the Night Before Christmas." Okay. <laughs> That's what they say every time, and I'm like, stop. Making me cringe. It's the twelfth night before Christmas. No one's ever heard of the other name. <laughs> um, but that's recent history. Yeah, how recent? That's like a two hundred years ago. A hundred. A hundred. Um, well, since Coca Cola took it over, two hundred since um, the poem. And so, um, let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Let's Wait. Go back so, to it. so prior to two hundred years ago. Yeah. So, who's the fun-loving fat man who gives us gifts? 
Yes. My uh, father. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have something? No, I was thinking about the origins. Oh, yeah. But I think I'll let you take away the origins of Santa. Well, actually, so before I jump into some of the quote-unquote actual history, and I'll get into why I say quote-unquote, um, a lot of people say Christmas is pagan. And True. um that's one of people's favorite things to say. And um, it, the more I unpack it, the more I was looking into it, everything seemed like it kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, you know, there are theories that Santa Claus is based on Odin. Um, I disagree with that from what I've seen. Well, not the movie I saw last night. And that's what I want to ask you about. Oh, yeah. That's well, so perfect. I mean, Russell, Russell and I watched it together. Uh, it's called Violent Night. And so it just looked like a real... Real Christmas banger, am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, so we start watching, and turns out Santa—it's basically Die Hard meets Home Alone, and Santa Claus is Die Hard. I feel like Home Alone and Die Hard really aren't that far apart. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it, 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 it kind of havoc he wreaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, but it, it's kind of like it was interesting because Santa throughout the movie had this like PTSD, like, do I want to? Do I want to be Santa Claus? Who am I mm. really? How do I identify with my past prior to being Santa, which had mm. yes. Viking oh. Odin origins? Oh, well, well, wow. Yeah, yeah, like, but what were some what were some highlights from the movie for you? Ooh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> but let me touch on what you said. I I do think that they showed him grappling with the identity crisis. And I was not expecting that from this type of thriller action That's an movie. interesting narrative to throw into an action movie. Like, the protagonist is saying, who am I? Who do I want to yes, be? Yes, that's true. And that defines how he shows up in the end game, if you will. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit of a story of, like, man overcoming himself. But then also mm. the lesson is... Our origins impact who we are, but we're still left with the choice of like who do we want to be in the world. Hmm. That was very. I got it. I was like, that's so. way more than I got. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's actually pretty deep. All, for all the I kind know of is that it, it can be difficult to like claw <laughs> that out of an action thriller when there's like blood and guts flying, yeah. but. All I, yeah, all I remember is that when he, you're you, you have to ask man over here. <laughs> you have to ask why is he swinging the hammer that way? <laughs> that's true. That's true, man. That's awesome. Is is he angry at the world or angry at himself? <laughs> I was gonna think you'd Do say you think some like, over stopped and like, am I the monster? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, it's funny because I thought like one of the parts that you would say like, oh, that was funny is like when he like. He barfed on a bartender. What? Yeah, <laughs> Santa Claus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh and he's God. like, he's like, I had my favorite axe, Skull Crusher. <laughs> like, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> and this is the man we're putting in charge of the naughty and nice list. Well, it just kind of happened, apparently. He just became Santa. Oh, yeah. 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 And it seemed like he was like making the world happy. He mm. wasn't a bad huh. guy. He he did a, just bad, bad guy stuff, but he did some <laughs> bad things. So. You know, just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're <laughs> yeah. a bad guy. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. That's right. To quote, right but no, that. honestly, that's actually a really good insight. Uh, I think I think that's really good. And actually, if you think about it, with regard to our conversation today, 
um, the Santa who we perceive him to be, like we saw in him in yeah. Violent Night, um, represents the identity identity crisis that we have given him. Yeah. So who is Santa, and what is his backstory, and how does it impact who he is today? Yeah, and we're going to talk about that. So I want to take it way back, and I think a lot of people know this, or at least have some recollection of it, is that um, Santa Claus is the English form of a Dutch name for St. Nicholas Sinterklaas. Um, so though modern, history, modern Santa Claus is associated with a world of fantasy and lore, the historical St. Nicholas was a godly man known for his charity and generosity. And he was pretty important for the, um, for the Bible, right? Like yeah. putting the Bible together, yeah. This man knows too much. <laughs> Did you read my notes? No, <laughs> I just kind of knew that. I don't know how you knew this, and I didn't. Know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> this is crazy. It's called Adventures in Odyssey. Oh, I should have paid more attention to those <laughs> <laughs> So, who was St. Nicholas? Great question. Thanks for asking, guys. <laughs> um, and it, the reason I say that, too, is because we don't 100% know for sure. Um, so, the, so, to be clear, St. Nicholas was a real person. And to be more accurate... It was actually two people. <laughs> oh. So there's the, the one that we know of that we give credit for being Santa Claus is St. Nicholas of Mira, which is in modern-day Turkey now. Hmm. But there were two St. Nicholases from another area, from one of them from a different area, both bishops. Oh. But the guy who's writing their history down didn't apparently pay that close attention. <laughs> and it looks like he may have mixed both of these guys <coughs> together. And turned them into one person. Interesting. So they don't 100% know like what all he did. But all that to say, he was a real person. He did real things. So an identity crisis was already built into his backstory. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> it goes all the way to the beginning. Oh, man. So all started with... Oof. So Santa Claus all started within the church and represented by two bishops. Yeah. But we give credit to one bishop in particular, which is St. Nicholas of Mira. So uh, Nicholas was born in the 3rd century to a wealthy Christian, to wealthy Christian parents in Patera, which is the harbor in modern-day Turkey. Um, Patera is one of the cities that Paul, the Apostle Paul visited oh. uh, on his third missionary journey 200 years prior. It's kind of cool. Nicholas's parents were devout believers and long prayed for a child. Nicholas was finally born, and they devoted him to God. As an only child, he was raised with special attention, like most only children. <laughs> I think they're God's gift. Uh-oh. 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 However, his parents died while he was likely still a teenager from a plague that struck the city. Uh-oh. Instead of turning away from God, though, Nicholas drew closer to him. Um, Nicholas was left with a large inheritance and decided that he would use it to honor God. He developed a good reputation in his region and was chosen to be Archbishop of Mira when he was in his early 20s. So this uh, that's kind of an indication that he was probably a little bit more mature and definitely had a good reputation. Yeah, I was going to say, like, especially for someone to go through like trauma like that and yeah. then come out saying, like, mm. no, I, my faith actually hasn't been wavered. It's yeah. been strengthened. And How I know, unique like, is that? It's actually yeah, it's it's defining character. Like you yeah. know, I think there are a lot of people who go through traumas and 
as a result, they would they would um, stray from the faith mm. because they're going to wrestle with the why would a good God? But I I mean yep. his actions demonstrate his maturity, knowing that like hey yeah life is awful and God is still good. Yeah, yeah that's an awesome. And that's I'm awesome. sure a few thou didn't didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is, it is really cool. Um, so yeah, so during his um, service as archbishop, violent persecution of Christians began, and he was most likely imprisoned during this time and tortured for his faith. That's kind of speculation, but based on historically what was happening, that most likely would have happened. Um, the persecution that began during the reign of Roman Emperor Diocletian was carried on by his uh, successor, Galerius, for a total of eight years. So following Galerius, <clears throat> Constantine claimed leadership of the entire uh, empire and declared Christianity a legal religion in 324 AD. So St. <coughs> Nicholas was around the same time as Constantine. And this is only 300 years after Christ. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so the end of persecution and new religious freedoms created new challenges for Christianity. Uh, Constantine recognized the need for unity among Christians so in 325 AD, which is what you're alluding to, he summoned bishops from all over the uh, empire to meet in Nicaea and discuss critical doctrinal issues. Nicholas uh, of Myra is listed among the bishops in attendance at this meeting. Hmm. This is where the Nicene Creed was developed. That's huge. A big deal. Yes. So he's not wow. just some Joe Schmo. Are you familiar with creeds? I am, but I need okay. a refresher on the Nicene. Not the Assassin's was... Creed, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, those games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where they were all this made. This is where they were written. <laughs> um, I'm more familiar with the Apostles' Creed, but they all kind of, I don't remember what the Nicene Creed focuses on off the top of my head. Um, but they all had like different issue, different things they focused on. Um and so it is interesting, and it's cool to see this kind of out of it, is that it wasn't, a lot of the issues may have been issues, but they weren't prominent until everyone could freely practice Christianity. Mm -hmm. And that's when we were all like, wait, wait what do we believe? <laughs> so I, I don't know, I find that kind of interesting, where in freedom, we have the ability to kind of focus and spend more time on what we actually believe in. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. And it's cool that it happened, and these guys were able to kind of meet together and make some decisions. Um, yeah, so it was cool. I think that was a, a really neat aspect to his story. Mm. Um, so Nicholas was well known for his kindness and generosity, and after his death around December 6th, a tradition of gift-giving was started in his honor. And many countries still observe St. Nicholas Day on December 6th. Meanwhile, in others, like the USA, the practices associated with the day were combined with Christmas. It seemed natural to many Christians that a holiday celebrating giving would merge with the birth of Christ, the greatest gift of all. However, the merger happened to the dismay of many Christian leaders who thought that St. Nicholas was drawing too much attention away from God. So in Germany... <laughs> I just parents, got back from Germany. <laughs> you did. Um, parents were encouraged to teach their children that the Christ child was the gift giver. The Chris Kringle is the English form of the German name for Christ child. Ironically, in America, the name Chris Kringle came to be known and used synonymously with St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. That's How true. did they make that jump? 
Isn't that crazy? Uh, Americans can do all sorts of things when we it comes to... We can do a lot. They felt <laughs> quite free, free I guess. Yeah, yeah free stuff. <laughs> no, but I thought... So actually, I do have an answer for that, and oh. we'll get into that. Well, it's I thought question. that like um, <clears throat> the whole presence thing started because uh, St. Nicholas was... Because like kids would like try to warm their socks over the fireplace, and somehow, some way, there were like oranges that he would put into the socks that the kids would find as a surprise. And like, that's how like the socks, the stocking thing became a tradition that I've heard a lot of different theories. And that's one of them. Okay. Um, the other thing, wh- what I will say, what St. Nicholas and actually there's some wild stories about him, like raising people from the dead and stuff. Oh too. my gosh. Or like some guy got like chopped in half and he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's true or not, it's like, dang, this guy is kind of wild. Um, so I guess the, but the, I say, but the uh-huh. story that he's, the s- similar stories that he is known for, one in particular where this um, father had three daughters and they were all super poor and I think they wanted to like do something cool, but they didn't have any money. So what St. Nicholas would do is he would sneak down to their place at night and hide a bag of coins under their, uh, under their door. Oh. And so they'd wake up and find all this money, and they're like, where did this money come from? Wow. And apparently he was known for doing that. So and uh, it like, yeah, So not only is Santa Claus based on a capital C Catholic bishop, yeah, um, but even the presence thing, wh- wh- whatever form it is, he was also a generous person. Mm-hmm. And so then, so then the rest of the Western world, particularly America in our case, like just took it on as like a old Saint Nick is the, the present guy. Yeah. So uh, that that's kind of the question that we're all asking now is so how did that transformation happen well, from uh-huh this guy this this guy who was a dedicated believer in in God, follower of God and was used to direct people toward Jesus on Christmas. How did how did he turn into this guy that we know today? Well, yeah, I guess, but the other question I'd ask is why do other people think he's like based on Odin and other characters like that? So a lot of that is actually because they look at what he is now, the aspects to Santa Claus now, and some of them are very similar to um, stories about Odin and like other other pagan um, oh, practices. Oh, so they, they take modern, modern retellings of the story yep. and they compare it to... That's it. So like there, there's no basis for any other than modern stories. There's no base historical basis for mm-hmm. him being anything other than the Catholic bishop. Yeah, historically there is zero ties to him and Odin. Wow. Uh, just just out of my own curiosity, what are your sources on this? A lot of Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 you can trust that. No, a lot of it is um, actually. <laughs> There is a lot of um, Google searching and a lot of just like ancient texts and stuff reading some of those. A lot of the, especially the ones that people were referencing, they're like, oh, well, in this, you know, book, you can see where Odin is this. And I went and read it. And then other smarter people read it too. Mm -hmm. And I watched a lot of historic, like historians breaking down the ideas. Interesting. So that's cool. I should, I should probably post Mm -hmm. a lot of them because they're very, yeah. Or at least the links maybe. Yeah. But also I would, I would look on Wikipedia Oh, about good. the Nicene Creed, and uh, just in like the couple of thing paragraphs I skimmed yeah. over, essentially the whole the whole goal there was 
hey, there are a lot of Christians out here. They believe a lot of things, mm. but um, we all know that there's objective truth, and so we're going to gather as church mm. leaders and identify the things that are absolutely true. And uh, so cool. th- <clears throat> they're responsible, which is also probably where the canon in the Bible kind of s- then stemmed from because mm. it was that same council. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, here are the things that are fundamentally true about our faith, and then they start weeding out, they, like based on what's true, then they start weeding out the things that are, are false or outrageous, I mm. guess, in the, in the in terms of consistent, like they look for consistency. I don't know, whatever. But no, that makes again, a I lot just of skimmed sense. it. But That's cool. Yeah, I should I should do an episode about the creeds. That'd be kind of cool. That'd Pretty be cool. good episode. That would be just to get a little more context on like yeah, absolutely. Also, how we transitioned from like the Acts and the early church to mm. the medieval era, and yeah. then how do you get to oh, now? Huge. There's a lot of like blind spots basically in the the dark yeah. ages. It's very true, and that's that's kind of the unfortunate thing, and we see that even with Christmas, um, is that because of how poor a lot of things were cataloged Mm -hmm. it's hard to really know for sure Hmm. um and we kind of have to base it on some very abstract things like even this one isn't um i want it maybe next year i'll do it on a christmas tree but even that one is an interesting one where it's like the i I think it was in the 1400s is when the first christmas tree was officially done it wasn't in germany it was Yeah. yeah and one of the reasons they know that is because of tax code. He's on fire! <laughs> this man, he just throws Germany out for me. <laughs> Germany! Oh, I believe Germany? <laughs> uh, can I have one for Germany, please? What is Germany? Uh, what that's is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. I've noticed this man. Uh, <laughs> uh, sauerkraut! <laughs> it's underrated. <laughs> Don't let them tell you different. <laughs> but yeah, so even with that, it was based on tax codes. Really? And different laws that were put out. They were able to... Break it down and look through other things and be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for, for where like no this way. probably came from. Wait, so like... There's pe- some super nerds Wait, wait so people... So you're saying that the, the origin of a Christmas tree started in Germany and it was for nothing less than a way of managing your taxes? Oh, no, no, no. They, they just... One of the ways that they can put a date on it is there was a law that was passed and was like, hey, stop chopping down all the trees. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's nuts. Yeah. <clears throat> that's... Yeah. Whoever figured that out is a super nerd. Yeah. <laughs> There's some proper dweebs out there. No, like, am I, am I interested? Uh, yes. But I just don't want to be the guy that figured it out. <laughs> so, um... Do, do you think, like, they had a moment where he's just, like, glasses down, like, this changes everything yes (laughs) mother of god (laughs) he's been on a three-year journey and he finds his answer Uh, i got my got my scoop got my got my big break he's on the phone with his sponsor like i don't know daryl i think it's gonna be no just give me i just need three more days (laughs) yes exactly i just need a little more time like the loan sharks come after him too it's like hey i let you that money for that research how's it going I'm looking through the tax code now, man. <laughs> it's every treasure hunt movie ever. Yeah, I need right. five more days to find the gold. <laughs> and then, 24 hours. We're in the Antarctic. I found the Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. I love Nicholas Ben, Cage. you did it. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Wait, is there a Nicolas Cage Christmas movie? 
there needs oh, to be. Oh, there should be. There like, be, uh, like, yeah. a, or he he was in a a Christmas film. Is it still recording? It is. Okay, cool. But, I don't know. Willy's Wonderland was a gift to me. I mean, I felt like <laughs> hey, Christmas yeah, all over again. Done as a gift. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so oh, back man. to the old fatty boy. <laughs> yeah. So the I so, I love calling so, so the question before I interrupted your question <laughs> was oh, yeah. was basically um, how did America create him into who he is today? Yeah. So how like how did this happen? So um, so this is actually kind of the part where I don't go with the claims on the pagan side of things. Um, the mythology of Santa Claus is different from culture to culture, which you experienced some of that as well in Germany. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Keeping that to yourself now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why did he shut down all this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was really interesting. Uh, it, actually, you know what? So yeah, because so we're we're in Austria, uh, we were in Germany, then we like slid, like slid down to Austria. You me, when I lived in Austria, <laughs> is that what I said? No, you oh. should though. Oh yeah, <laughs> back in my day. Well, um, how long did you live in Austria? Three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all uh, you know. It was enough. I I, I got it. I got the gist. <laughs> I got the gist. No, but like what was interesting is I had no idea they have this like three day. Uh, like tradition where the first day the witches come to town and, and like every all these communities all over Austria have these like like uh, gypsy witches quote unquote mm. like roaming through the streets and they got like these little brushes they're like brushing kids trying to like encourage them to be good because on day two uh, uh, I'm gonna say this like a yuppie Krampus <laughs> or Krampus, you know, like he's basically uh Krampus. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> Satan. Yeah. He's got the horns and he's, he's like hairy and stuff. So cool. He'll come and he's got this basket. And if you're a bad kid, he's gonna snap he's gonna snag you up, put you in your basket, and you're never gonna be seen again. Did no that way. when you were there? Did he put you <laughs> Well it's funny because like they had this huge parade. They had everything barricaded off and like they had like it was nuts. They had like 900 people dressed up as uh, Krampus. <laughs> and, I get goosebumps every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, like, uh, they have these like like sticks they're using to whip people. So they're like they have flares and they got like glowing eyes on their costumes, and they got these jingle bells on too. Mm-hmm. And so they're like rocking around. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. And uh, and so like especially the the younger teenage girls. These guys who are dressed up as, as Krampus would like run up to them. Again, there's a barrier, and they're like whipping them like as hard as they can. What? Yeah, and it was like it was like this is nuts, and like everyone's laughing and having a good time, and you have a girl on the ground like oh, it hurts, and everyone's like oh, it's such a good time. What? Fun yeah. for the whole family. Yeah, that's right. It was like this is crazy. There's like 900 people like running through this parade dressed as Krampus, just like. Like like whipping all these people, especially these teenage girls. It was weird. And then, um, but the third day, you have Saint Nicholas who comes out, and he's legit dressed as a bishop. Now that I I'm putting the pieces together, no way, that's so cool. And he's basically like he's caged Krampus, and he's now giving kids candy. It's like again, like okay, yeah. this is my American perspective looking in, and that's like what I the gist that I got out of it. I probably have a couple of details wrong, yeah. But that's that's the that's what I you know that's what I got out of it. You know, a life goal of mine became after you sent me that video of Krampus, <laughs> Krampus, Krampus. <laughs> after him going through, I was like, there's just like hardcore metal 
music being played behind. Yeah, there was. Yes. And it I was like, speakers and flares. It was nuts. I was like, how do I open for Krampus? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I be the act? <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Be like, yeah. Uh, can I talk to Krampus's agent? I want to open for him. <laughs> 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 That'd be sick. But yeah. So it's like even that. It's like there's. It's a whole different way of looking at Christmas. And actually, to be, it's interesting because a lot of a lot of the ideas that we get, especially some of our modern ones, originated from Germany, mm-hmm. and a lot of the practices and traditions we have. And uh, at the time where that happened, um, Germany was also very Christianized, so a lot of the practices started there and were created specifically for Christmas and Christianity. <coughs> so, kind of an interesting idea. Um, so, with all of that said. Um, a lot of the traditions we have around Christmas came from Germany in the 1800s, just like I said. Wow, it's almost like I read my notes. <laughs> so uh, Santa's reindeer, they fly, right? They fly now. Oh, yes. But they didn't fly until 1823 in Clement Clark Moore's poem. It took them that long to figure it out. <laughs> they could not get it. In that poem, they whisk the sleigh presumably on the ground up until that point, onto the rooftop. Sinterklaas's horse didn't ride on rooftops until 1850. Sinterklaas is widely regarded as the main antecedent of Santa Claus. And Jan Schmenkman's (laughs) classic, classic St. Nicholas, oh, sorry, St. Nicholas Enzinj Knight. That's a good attempt. I'll stick with it. Nailed Has a it. bit <laughs> about him riding his horse on the roofs. If it's earlier than um, than yeah, so there's been no evidence basically of of nothing before that. And the book dates to 1850, more than a quarter of a century after Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, so the celebrations didn't start until start to become mainstream until 1870s or so. All of the mythology of Santa flying in is 19th century in origin. Moreover, the detail about rooftops leads me to suspect influence of Moore's American poem. And so to kind of put a little thing into Odin's idea, so Odin's horse, a lot of people claim that he flew, but he actually didn't fly at all. And there's (coughs) no pagan sources that even hint at anything to that kind. So you're saying people say Odin's horse could fly but there's no historical document to justify that claim. Correct. Because there are a lot of people that say, oh, well, Santa's, you know, Santa's reindeer flyer's horse flew, and so did Odin's. But it's actually a misreading. Odin's horse never flew, and also Santa's horses and reindeer never flew until very recently. And so uh, there's a lot of interesting things with that um, that even go just further and further into it. Um, in as early as the 1600s, St. Nicholas was riding his horse down chimneys in the Netherlands. By 1809, he was riding across treetops in Dutch-American traditions in New York. Moore's poem does, does seem to be where his horse metamorphoses into reindeer, but the point is the flying element is earlier than the 19th century. Fascinating. Isn't it fascinating? So, like many stories and traditions, they... They can die out or become unpopular. In the 16th century in Northern Europe, after the Reformation, St. Nicholas became unpopular. What? Yeah. Santa? 
Santa. <laughs> <laughs> but the children love Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, however, though, in the early 1800s, writers and poets and artists, we've talked about a few already, uh, another one is such as Washington Irving, <laughs> rediscovered the old Dutch stories about St. Nicholas. And in their new and reworked stories, uh, St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, became Santa Claus. But wait, why was he unpopular? So it's kind of, um, they didn't really say, I wasn't able to see anything like why specifically, but it's kind of like how, you know, we've got jokes that kind of come and go. That was the same thing it seemed to be with this, where it's like people were just kind of like outgrowing the idea of these kinds of celebrations and recognizing St. Nicholas. Oh, so it's not that like something bad happened and people are no. like, I don't like Santa. It's hmm. just like, it just wasn't a... It just wasn't cool anymore. Oh. And so with that, it's like it, it had a period of for a couple hundred years where it just kind of died. <laughs> mm. Can you imagine like that's a trend? A, hundred, a couple <laughs> yeah. hundred years is a trend. And like trends last like a week here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, so there was so much history and tradition that happened. And then it just kind of like, eh. No one does <laughs> yeah, it We've been doing it for 300 years. Kind of uh, done. Uh, <laughs> you know. And then, yeah, it wasn't until um, like Clement Clark Moore, Washington Irving, all these other people found the old stories and heard them and then kind of reimagined Santa Claus and wrote their stuff, which is where we get who we have today. Oh, interesting. So that's why even like talking about the flying and all this and that, that all happened in like the 1800s and even mid to late. Wait, 1800s. so 1823? Is that the year you said? I believe so. For his poem. And that, like, that's when the revitalization of Santa? 1822. 1822. So 1822, that's 40 yeah. years before the Civil War. Yeah. And so there's the War 1812. That's nuts. And a lot of it came from Germany, too, because I believe they were the ones that celebrated it mostly. Mm. And even the ideas of, like, yeah, all those things that kind of surrounded. Wow. Makes you think, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I was like trying, like when I hear those years, trying to pinpoint it to other events in history. Yeah. Helps me like create a picture of like the world mm. they were in. Mm. Yeah. Man, any, any other like historical dates you can think of around that time? Sorry, what era between the 18... <laughs> like, like the... 1822-ish? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggie is eight, Civil War 1862 mm -hmm. or so, yeah. but... It's hard. Like I think that's kind of a, an empty spot between like late yeah. 1700s, birth of the U.S., yeah. moving into the 1860s. I mean, well, sure. You think about that. Late 1700s, and then 50 years later, mm -hmm. we've got Santa that gets revitalized. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like why then? Right. Yeah. Well, even even talking about the birth of the Christmas tree in the 1400s, mm -hmm. that was around the same time that. Christopher Columbus discovered America as well. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that wild? So it's a, tra <laughs> it's a tradition, tradition <laughs> older than the colonies. That's kind of a crazy It's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. both looking at me like... Yeah, I, like I thought you were going to like laugh at something I just... Because I misspoke right there. No, 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 no. I was like deep in introspective thought <laughs> <Okay>. there. <laughs> Um, He's in a whole other place. <laughs> the Industrial Revolution was 18, what, 20? Actually, it was 18, early 20? 1800s. I'm early 1800s. I'm looking this up. 
Whoa. That's, Actually, that's huge. That's when they built like the the conveyor belts and you know the farming sense? equipment and steam powered yeah. like coal machines and that makes a lot of sense. And the reason I say that is because uh, the Titanic, I think, was like eighteen fifteen. Really? Oh, they they yeah, say so like 1760 to 1840 was the Okay, so it was a bigger time so span, that but period, yeah, though, it was maybe like was in that time. So and it makes sense though cuz you think when it comes to art, art really can't happen when mm. everyone has to be a farmer. <laughs> art went to die in the industrial revolution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's kind of where it kind of came out of too. When you look at it's like like American artists and American poets like there really aren't any until you know a period of time where we were kind of established richard wagner <laughs> modern composer <laughs> early 1900s but yeah i yeah. get what you're saying yeah, it's yeah. like there's this big dead spot yeah where there's no creativity or no like because we're just fighting art for our production lives. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, it's hard to paint when you're in the coal mine seven days a week. It's yeah. So you, well, actually, so that paints oh, a cool man. picture when you when you add the industrial revolution into this, where you have people that are doing something new, and then here are these these hipsters mm -hmm. that are like, "Oh, I found this old Dutch poem. Mm -hmm. Check this. <laughs> that is out. such a hipster thing, right? right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Freaking hipsters. <laughs> so, so I mean, what's the takeaway here, like? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> like, I, I think guys, like, I need to have you guys on the podcast all the time. <laughs> I feel like we should do that. Make this an annual thing. Like, I, I feel talking about Christmas. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we should do one for every holiday. Oh, I'm the down. origin of Halloween. That's gonna be a banger Actually, episode. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. You know what's funny? You bring that up. Is that there are some things that came from Christmas carols? Oh, really? That got moved over to Halloween. Oh. We wish you a Merry Christmas. I read this, so I can't verify it, I, but it sounds right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is they're saying, so we have, um, you know, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Blah, blah, blah. Um, now give us some figgy pudding, mm. and we won't go until we get some. So oh. apparently there was a lot of orphan children, particularly, that would sing that outside of people's houses, and they meant it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't give them any pudding, even still, they would vandalize your house. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> side and note. That was yeah, that was note. then kind of taken from that and moved to Halloween, which is where we get trick or treat. So in other countries there's similar things where people will really? carol and they'll go to your house and it's basically the expectation you'll give me something and I'm not gonna leave until you do. <laughs> so I think it's maybe handled a little bit more like as a fun holiday tradition, but people yeah. will literally show up at your house and carol the song that you weren't asking for and they either need like a holiday treat or some cash or something and that's the tradition they won't leave oh. until you do that for them you know what makes it even funnier is now it makes sense for you like these freaking carolers yes <laughs> there's a reason why yeah now i know Our, why people hate carolers it's like it's a form of begging <laughs> <laughs> they're just busking they're they're begging in the holiday spirit like, you don't want to be a killjoy and Call the cops on them. Just, yeah. <laughs> Freaking carolers outside. <laughs> Freaking orphan kids that need yeah. some food. That's a that's a How side dare they? That's a twist, get out of here. That's an oldie side hustle. Uh, <laughs> I think we should I bring it. it back. You guys want to go caroling after this? Yeah, I, good luck, Paul. We can make like 20 bucks. <laughs> and eat some lead. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Polk County. <laughs> 
We're getting shot at. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we're not going to leave until you do. Okay, well, uh, well, maybe we will leave. (laughs) (laughs) But it's our idea. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll try next door. (laughs) So, what's the takeaway? That's a great question. So, the reason that we went from a God fearing bishop to a magical elf who lives on the North Pole mm. is because we stopped caring. Mm. Hold on. What? Stopped caring about what? Well, because St. Nicholas became unpopular. People stopped celebrating him. So we forgot, we forgot our origin. Yeah. We forgot St. Nick. And so we took what we could see and reimagined it and reinvented it to our modern, to what made sense to us now. I say now mm. in 1822. Oh. oh. I thought that'd be an easier transition. But <laughs> no, no, I just like, uh, that was a jaw drop, man. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So, so it's like, we've got this game of telephone. And uh-huh. Santa Claus's story, I think, is such a perfect example of just like story on top of story on top of myth on top of myth on top of telephone on top of telephone. Mm. And it's like, we've gone from who this person was and what he represented and what he was used for to then something that is completely contrary to his original intention. Originally, he was meant to help um, inspire us to be generous and kind and look toward the ultimate gift, which was Jesus. But instead, it's been used to take the center stage of Christmas and say, oh, he's the gift giver. Mm. It's like, no, 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 he's not the gift giver. <laughs> he was a guy who gave gifts, but the intent was to point us toward toward God, toward Christ. So um, I know you got more to say, but... Uh, I do. <clears throat> I am curious. So like, how yeah. does... So he's trying to point us towards Christ. So like, uh, how does that align with... Okay, so like Jesus was born in the spring. Why are we celebrating it on, on December 25th? Uh, where did coal come from? Is that even that's a, probably a completely different conversation? But, but like, so like, yeah. wh- why? Uh, because Jesus's birth is is so far removed from the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that? How do they explain that? So there, I I don't know off the top of my head. I didn't write any of this down. Oh, <laughs> but I did look a little bit. That's, that'll be for next year. Let's we'll talk about that next year. Sure. Um, because that is in and of itself a really big, um point that a lot of people bring up because we have like Saturnalia and Yule and all these other traditions people say mm-hmm. oh these are Christians trying to take over pagan holidays um, and from what I've seen <clears throat> I don't have anything to back it up right now is that it was actually the reverse so there, there's a lot in well that. yeah when you're yeah, arguing he's like yeah our tradition starts 300 AD when does yours start <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like oh well it's a good uh. question <laughs> But there's a lot in there to unpack, and I think that in of itself would be a, would be a great episode to do. Interesting, yeah, because um, like I know people say like, oh, first it was the winter solstice, and then Christians right. came in, or they say, um, you know, this whole tree thing is because of Viking or like, well, like yeah, at least pagan, whatever that right. is. I think I think it was referred to as Vikings. Same with the it was uh, yeah, there's the Yule log and oh, Saturnalia. Right, right, right. Yeah, so you have all these other people saying that it. That uh, actually, actually, this belongs to us. Yeah, and they're dead wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> but that'll be for another time. 
Um, cause that, those are big, I think those are big conversations that deserve their own time as well. Just fun. But going back to this, um, you know, that's why we have celebrations and we have traditions is because we don't want to forget. And yet when we forget <laughs> stuff gets reinvented, we reinvent holidays, reinvent mm-hmm. ideas. And we also forget why we're even doing things. You know, Passover existed for Israel to remember what God had done for them. Mm-hmm. But it's not the activities that we are remembering. It's why we do these activities. They're to help us remember. During communion, um, we drink wine or grape juice, if that's your church. <laughs> 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 Which is most people actually just drink some juice. And we break and eat bread because it helps us to remember Jesus' sacrifice for us. Christmas is meant for us to remember the incarnation of Christ, Jesus, to remember him being the greatest gift, and we come together and share with each other a gift to remember that. The point of Christmas isn't to share a gift with someone, but it's an act that we do to help trigger a memory in us to remember why we're doing this. Um, Santa Claus is not the point. Um, He instead is meant to point us toward Christ. Just like the cross is a symbol that helps us remember Jesus' sacrifice, St. Nicholas is another symbol to help us remember um, when the same Jesus emptied himself and took on human form. To be born in a stable, to a virgin mother, it marks the birth of the one who is preeminent in all things, who fulfilled the prophecies, lived a sinless life, died, resurrected, and is the one who is worthy to open the final scroll. Christmas marks the birth. It's the day that we remember the birth of the one who did all of this so that we could be reconciled to God. That's powerful. Thank you. That's a really good conclusion. And that's what I got on Santa Claus. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you guys have any final thoughts or anything? I have a lateral point to this that really... (laughs) What we were talking about, Santa's origins, really triggered this. And something you said in the conclusion, essentially, through hundreds of years, through the game of telephone, we forgot our origins, right? We forgot what St. Nick really represented, which was really a picture of the Savior um, or Christ. And it reminds me, if you guys have ever seen the movie The Lion King. (laughs) Never seen it. So for a little context, <laughs> the Lion King, the, there's the character of Simba, right? And he's, he's essentially the son of the king, Mufasa. And he gets disbanded from his kingdom. And it's really almost like a coming-of-age story where he has to find his identity. And there's a turning point when he's out searching by himself where he has dreams of his father. And his father is saying to, saying to him, like, don't forget who you are. Mm. He's always been a king. He just needs yeah. to become the king for himself. And it's a little bit of like the similar story. Like we forgot who Santa represented it was never about Santa or gift givings or the tradition. It was remembering Jesus. It was just the yeah. symbol to bring us back to that. So I think the big like lesson and takeaway is don't let your identity change. Like you're still the same person at your core. Hmm. that's cool that's a really good point yeah yeah something that you said in your conclusion was like um all right passover celebrate it's celebrating remembering what 
uh, how God miraculously brought the Israelites out of slavery. Um, yeah, and then like I, I recall recently reading <clears throat> in Deuteronomy, um, I'm pretty sure it's Deuteronomy. Um, Moses is speaking to these Israelites. God is, has confirmed to Moses for like a fifth time, like, yeah, you're not going to the promised land. Mm. And uh, and so Moses, though pretty upset about that, is talking to all the Israelites. And this is the new generation. This is, mm. this is the next generation after all those who escaped from Egypt. And he's telling the, the entire story from the beginning to God's creation to, to now. And, um, and he's like, uh, at the end of his entire story, he says, um, like, hold these truths into your heart and remember these things lest you forget mm. um, the good mm. things that God has done and lest you, you d- they depart from your heart and mm. you live like the pagans that surround you in other nations. Mm. So it's like, um, yeah, what what is going to make us... I mean, obviously this is a message for the Israelites, but then also uh, our takeaway is lest we forget, like... Moses is telling them, like, hey, if you st- if you don't remember these days like the Passover when Jesus or when God brought them out of slavery, um, like like swiftly, you know, um, and if you don't remember all these things over these forty years in the wilderness that God has done, mm-hmm. miraculously feeding them, giving them water from rocks, um, yeah, um, single handedly destroying armies and kings that stood against them. Um, delivering them and making them promises that God has has at this point continually um, uh, made good on. It's like if you forget those things, and how often do we experience good things in our life that God does? That like a couple of days or weeks or years later, we're like, yeah, but maybe it was just that. Yeah, and it's like so Moses yeah. Moses is yeah. telling the Israelites like, they remember what these good things that God has done because um, not only is it a sin to then justify and forget the good things God has done. But when we start forgetting the good things God has done, we forget how good he is. And so with, you know, the St. Nicholas, like, um, yeah, like he's trying to point us towards the greatest thing. And as we forget those traditions, we forget what he really cared about. We reimagine him and and package him differently um, for our own marketing schemes or whatnot. Uh, Yeah, then it becomes the... uh, it becomes um, a real problem because then we start forgetting how good God actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and for us, as we are here at Christmas, I think it's, I think it's um, a lot of people that I know are shy away, a lot of Christians shy away from the, the traditions or the, um, the cliches of Christmas, like Santa Claus or a tree or something like that. When it's really, those aren't things that we should shy away from or need to. We just have to remember what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how you celebrate Santa? I don't. I'm not a parent, so I'm mean, like, do you t- do you tell your kid to believe in him? Uh, that's. I think that's up for you guys to decide. <laughs> but what are they believing? And I think that's the important thing: is knowing, hey, this is who Saint Nicholas was. Let's not forget that. And let's move on and enjoy Christmas with that in mind. Bring on the figgy pudding. And I won't leave until I get some. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> oh, I'm fresh out. Oh, you should have grabbed another one.
Well, I didn't want to look like an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think we do on here? Oh, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It's been really fun. It was a gift. I don't know how long (laughs) we've been recording for. That's the true meaning of it. It's probably over an hour. (laughs) Merry Christmas, (laughs) everyone. everyone. (laughs) Merry Christmas. See you guys. (laughs) 